This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. So tonight I want to talk to you out of the book of Acts chapter 16 on the power of praise. Acts chapter number 16, I want you to look in verse number 25. The book of Acts chapter 16 and verse number 25. The Bible says, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, and sprang in, and came trembling, and fell down before Paul and Silas. Now, brothers and sisters, if you've been in church any amount of time, somebody has preached on this passage. Somebody has told you about the night that God came to prison. Paul and Silas had gone down to the, the city of Philippi and they had gone into Europe and they had seen the mighty power of God. They're moving about on their missionary journey. And I mean it gets to going. I mean it gets to shaking. And I mean God gets to moving. And as one old preacher said, when God got to blessing, the devil got to messing. And they get thrown into prison. Now they are in prison and they could have done what most of us would have done. And they could have complained and they could have whined and they could have moaned. And had they been Baptist, they probably would have done just that. And we can't pick on Baptists a whole lot because we are that. But not just because we are that, but nine and a half out of ten times, that is exactly what we do when the prison gets put all around us. Whenever the, 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 the bars come down and whenever the lights go out and whenever we don't understand what's going on. Now I want you to process what Paul has got going on. Here is a man that is obedient to God and he ends up in prison. Here is a man that is walking with God and he ends up in prison. Here is a man that is following God and he ends up in prison. Here is a man that's doing everything he can to win people to God and he ends up in prison. Now, you know what that teaches me? That teaches me that you can be right with God and it not go well. You can be where God wants you to be and life not go well. You can be exactly doing what God wants you to do and life not go well. Brothers and sisters, just because it's bad in life does not mean that you have done bad in life. Just because the lights have gone out where you're at doesn't mean that you did something to turn the light out. You see, there are times in our journey when God will let the lights go out. There are times in our journey when we do not understand how we got to where we are at. We are ending up just like Paul and Silas in that place where it's locked, 
where it's dark and where we have no friendly faces around us. But notice what the Apostle Paul did. Notice what Silas did. Whenever the lights went out, they said it may be dark on the outside, but there's light still shining on the inside. It may be bleak on the outside, but I've still got something to do on the inside. And the Bible says they do three things. The Bible says, first of all, they pray. Then the Bible says they praised. And then something happens when they pray and they praise. The prisoners all around them are listening. Now we can talk about praying in the prison. But tonight I want to look at that little thought where they praised and sang praises to God in the prison. It's an interesting thing. Worship is different than praise. Worship is that which is done on the inside. But praise is that which starts on the inside and comes forth on the outside. Praise is the outward expression of an inward possession. It's when you get so filled up on the inside like a crock pot that's been overfilled with juice, it just starts spewing out of every place that it is. Now brothers and sisters, here's what's interesting about that. Whenever you fill a crock pot up with too much liquid and the heat gets turned up on the bottom of that thing and it starts simmering out. Do you know where the liquid is going to come out? Do you know where that inside juice is going to flow out? It's going to flow out at the weakest spot. And you and I spend all of our time trying to guard the weakest spot in our life. But God wants to send praise forth from that weak area of your life, from that weak part of your existence. Do you know why? Because if you and I are shouting about the big things in our life, they're going to look and say, well, I guess I'd shout too if I had a lot of money. And I guess I'd shout too if my family was healthy. And I guess I'd be excited too if my people were all together. But it's when the family falls apart. And it's when the church moves to the left. And it's when your health goes asunder. And God says, now I want you to shout. And you lift up your hands in the sanctuary. And you start lifting up your voice in the sanctuary. And you're riding down the road. And something starts a churning on the inside. It's when the heat is applied to that crock pot that the juice gets to coming up and all of a sudden it's in the low spot of your journey and the praise starts rising up. People look at you and they say it can't be anything on the outside. It's got to be something on the inside. And Paul, honey, I mean turn to Baptocostal, Nazarene, snot slinging spell. They're in that dark, bleak prison. Ladies and gentlemen, I remind you right now, it is not Pentecostal to praise God. It is nothing, Church of God, to pray. I don't know where in the world independent Baptists have got this idea that if I lift my hand up in the sanctuary they're going to think something about you. That's exactly right. We're going to think something about you. We're going to think you got something to lift up your hands when the weight of the world ought to put your hands down. When the people of God we sit there like bumps on pickles and knots on logs knowing that our home is in heaven and our family waits for us on the other side and we've been given everything. Ladies and gentlemen I remind you right now that we've got more to shout about than anybody in the world. We've got more to rejoice about than anybody in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, there's power in praise. But notice something. Let me give you three things. There's the testimony of praise. I want you to notice something about praise as you sing it and follow it throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament, we see Moses praised after the Red Sea. In the Old Testament, we see David praise after the Ark of the Covenant comes back to Jerusalem. 
In the Old Testament, we see Solomon prays after the temple is built. But in the New Testament, after Calvary, we don't see people praising after the situation. We see people praising before the situation. Do you know why? Because here is what they did not have in the Old Testament. They didn't have victory until they had victory. They didn't possess victory until they saw victory. But in the New Testament, no matter what our situations look like, we still have victory. And we're able to praise on this side of victory. Because whether on this side of victory or whether on that side of victory, we still have victory. Because whether we're on this side of the problem or we're on that side of the problem, our name is still recorded in the Lamb's book of life. And Paul said it doesn't matter. I'm saved in the prison and I'm saved outside the prison. I'm saved when the ship is good and I'm saved when the ship is broke asunder. I'm saved when I got Barnabas and I'm saved when I got Silas. You see, situations do not change our life. Situations do not change our eternity. At the end of the day, we're able to praise whether we're on this side of the storm or whether we're on that side of the storm. You can praise when it's all bad and you can praise when it's all good. Do you know why? Because no matter what I go through in my life, whether death or sorrow or poverty or sickness or pain or situations or betrayal, I've got victory on this side just like I got victory on that side. And when I praise God before the solution, people look and say, why are you praising? And you remind them that you have a testimony. I can praise whether or I can, ch- I can praise after. Brothers and sisters, you and I act like Christians and we act like people when we come to the house of God that are waiting for victory. We are waiting for something to happen. Brothers and sisters, it's already happened. It's already been accomplished. And whether the dog is sick or the cat's died, we still got victory. Whether your mama likes it or your daddy likes it, we still got victory. You say, Tyler, I got this going on. I got that going on probably too. And so do about five or ten other people in the house of God. But we've got to get out of this situational praise and start saying, if it's up, I'm happy. Or if it's down, I'm going to be happy. If it's in, I'm going to praise. Or if it's out, I'm going to praise. Because there's a testimony to praise. No matter what's going on, we still got time to praise. But I want you to notice not just the testimony, but the timing of praise. The Bible says, and at midnight. Now I want you to follow that, 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 that mind of midnight in the Bible. Big stuff happens at midnight in the Bible. It's always a transition point when midnight happens. It's the end of one thing, but it's the beginning of another thing. You know when the children of Israel left Egypt land? At Midnight. It was the end of one thing and the beginning of another. But I got to thinking about something up in y'all's conference room about 25 minutes ago, Brother John. How did Paul know it was midnight? He's in a dark black cell. No clocks, no watches. The only way that Paul would have known it was midnight is the fact that midnight was the beginning of the third watch. There should have been a shifting of the soldiers. But the Bible tells me that soldier didn't shift. Do you know why? He was asleep. Not only did he mess up, but the guy taking his position didn't show up. All Paul knew 
was it's now time to praise. Something hit him in his soul. He couldn't explain it. He just knew something hit him down deep. He didn't understand that it was midnight. He just knew something down deep. And so Paul said, well, the Holy Ghost said to sing praises. I think it's Silas. It's time to start praying, and it's time to start singing praises. And Paul lifts up his voice, and we have no idea what he's saying, but he got to singing, and he got to praising God. You say, when did he find out that it was midnight? I imagine after all this was over, and after that Philippian jailer got converted, after the storm was over, and after the thing they started putting it together and Paul said wait a second you're telling me I started praising at midnight it was the end of one thing and the beginning of another thing here's what I'm telling you you've got to obey God in the midst of the sanctuary and God says raise up your hand and just let people know that you're glad that you're saved and you're riding down the road and God tells you just lift up your voice and praise God you're sitting at the dinner table and the Holy Ghost said just tell somebody that you're glad you're on your way to heaven you may not understand why it is you may not understand how how it's going to happen. But when you obey God, you'll understand down the road how it all ties together. My wife's baby sister was killed in a car accident seven and a half years ago. She was 21 years old. My wife is not a shouter. My wife is not a testifier. My wife ain't a speaker. My wife wants to sit in church. If you ask her to sing, she'll sing, but she ain't going to do much more than that. She's just faithful. That's just her. One day in service, my wife, she said, I can't explain it, Tyler. She said, I just felt the urge to lift my hands up and go to the altar. She said, I ain't never done nothing like that before. I said, we can tell. She said, before I knew it, I lifted my hands up. And I started praising God. She said, I went down to the altar and I knelt on the altar. She said, I felt so foolish. Not one person came to the altar. Not one person came. And you know how the devil just beats your brains out over something like that? How many of you ever been sitting in church and the Holy Ghost drop kick you and say, go down there and pray? The Holy Ghost said, stand up and raise your hands in the sanctuary. And you say, ain't nobody going to, and nobody's going to sing or praise. No, ain't nobody, nobody. And we make all these excuses. My wife went back to her seat. She walked out that day. Nobody said a word. The next Sunday, she was in church in the foyer out there talking to people after service. And a girl came up, tears in her eyes. She said, are you the preacher's wife? She said, yeah, how can I help you? She said, I lost a sibling a year ago last Sunday, and I went to church. She said, it's the first time I've been in church, but I kept telling God, God, there's nothing to praise you for. You've taken everything I've got. She said, and when I saw, she said, I followed you on Facebook. She said, when I saw you stand up and raise your hands, I knew there was more to the story. Ladies and gentlemen, what we don't realize, we don't understand that it's midnight right now. All we know is the Holy Ghost is saying, I feel God in my soul right now. All we know is God is saying that I want you to be obedient. Honey, I'm telling you right now, if you're riding down the road and God says praise, you better lift up your hands, put your knee on the steering wheel and just give God all the power because He'll take care. I'm just telling you right now, you've got to obey God. If you're in the supermarket, praise Him. If you're at the church house, praise Him. If it's a singing of Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, you better praise God. If you're in the, if you're in the city barbecue and they play cotton eye joe you better lift up your hand when the holy ghost tells you to you have no idea who's watching or the plan that god has in the bigger realm because there's power in prayer but then number three 
there's a transition in praise. The atmosphere shifts when Paul starts praising. The atmosphere turns when Silas gets to praising God. Brothers and sisters, I don't know if we've been in Baptist churches so long and been around dead Baptists so long, we have forgotten the power of praise. Now, some of you grew up in the house of God. and I mean, you've been doing this a long time. You can remember what it would be like when the saints of God who didn't have a high school education and did not know how to read a Bible and they didn't have any idea how to read Shakespeare. They couldn't even put two syllables together. But when they got to praising God, the atmosphere changed because there was power in prayer. We've, 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 we've done everything we can to make your own education and to make your own money and to make your own power and we've missed the only thing that has real power. And that's when a bunch of lowly sinners like me and you look up to the God of heaven and say, Lord, I don't have anything to bring you. I've only got the word in my heart and the testimony of salvation in my soul. Ladies and gentlemen, in the book of Revelation, you know what it says? And they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Do you know why we stay so beat down? Because we won't praise God. You say, that doesn't work that way. I'm telling you, that's exactly how it works. When the devil shows up to your house and the adversary shows up to your house and says, God doesn't love you and it's all going to fall apart about the best thing you and I can do is step back, tell the devil where to go to and say my God's been good to me my God's been gracious to me you say it can't work like that have you tried it? brothers and sisters something's got to give in the house of God something's got to change we obviously aren't doing something right can I ask you a question? How many of you tonight, by the grace of Jesus Christ, you have been saved and you are not ashamed? If your hand is raised right now, do you know what the Bible says is flowing inside of you? The river of living water. I'm not talking about a trickle. I'm talking about the mighty Mississippi, a Holy Ghost pyre. There is life springing forth. And if we, all of us, we claim to be saved, if there's that much life inside, why are our services dead? You know, the mighty Mississippi will flow until it hits the dam. The mighty Mississippi will careen until it hits an obstruction. Do you know what the obstruction is of Holy Ghost power? It's me and you. The Holy Ghost is wanting to move. The Holy Ghost is wanting to spring forth life. And he's wanting to transition to death because there's power in praise. Let me give you three things. Load them up, blow them out. Number one, the power of praise has got an effect. Number one, it's got an effect upon the prison. You see, at midnight, that prison is dark. At midnight, that prison is bleak. At midnight, that prison is black. But that prison, a picture of our environment, and our, our, the picture of our situation, that, that prison that you and I see no hope in and we see as deadness and we see as bleakness and blackness when Paul and Silas got to praying. Now I want you to notice something. At the end of this story, the prison guard asked for light. Why hadn't that light been present the whole time? You know why? They'd got used to sitting in darkness. And do you know what you and I have gotten used to? We've gotten used to the environment of death. We've gotten used to the environment of lockdown. But honey, there's power in praise. I'm not Pentecostal, but I'm as close as you can get and still be Baptist. Brother Joe will testify that what I'm about to say, I ain't making it up. 
Brother Joe started preaching at our church in McLeansville, North Carolina in 1992. I was just a boy. I remember him coming. And in our church, about seven rows from the back on the organ side, there was a little white-haired lady. Her name was Esther Stevens. Esther Stevens, honey, I'm telling you, she grew up in the Depression. She had white hair. And I don't know where they got this idea. I'm sure there's some, I'm sure there's some theology behind it. But Brother John, she had white hair. And I mean, she got it permed every Friday. I'm talking, it had been rolled. It had been curled. Son, it was a beautiful head of white snowy hair. And she would wear to church a white blouse with a white jacket and white skirt. And she would wear white stockings. And she would wear white shoes. I never asked her why she would do that. I was just a boy but she was probably 70 or 80 years old and she had, I guess she had polio, I'm not sure, but she had a brace on her leg. She had to be brought on the church van and when she would come to church she would get on our row and she would take that leg and she would lay it on the pew and she had knit a white blanket for modesty and laid it across her leg. Esther Stevens was about as close to being a Holy Ghost-filled woman as I've ever known in all of my life. I'm talking backwoods, back of the mountains, no education, but knew God in three shapes and sizes. I mean, she knew when God was there and she knew when God wasn't there. And she had a cane that she would bring in. And every now and again, it would get juicy in the house of God. And I was a little boy, and some of your kids may do this, I was on the same row with Miss Stevens. And I'd be in the floor and I'd be coloring on a coloring page using the pew as a bench. And I didn't know God. I wasn't saved. I wasn't born again. But I knew when God came into the house because the bench got to shaking. And I'd look down the way, and Miss Stevens had gotten to rocking. And son, I mean, she got to rocking. And I didn't know much, but I knew something was about to go. And I mean, she'd get to rocking, and I'd look back down. And before I knew it, son, I felt like an earthquake was a hitting that pew. You know what she was doing? Honey, she got to rocking, and she had that leg. And before I knew it, the blood would be rising through her ears. And before I knew it, son, she'd stand up. I'd see that white blanket go flying through the air. I mean, dead as a hammer church service. Nobody's moving. But when Esther Stevens stood up and started praising, God. It was like a tidal wave of tsunami Holy Ghost pyre that would run from the front all the way to the back all because one woman would hear the praises of God and she said I don't care how dead it is. I don't care how bleak it is. I'm here to change the atmosphere and before I knew it one person would stand up and start shouting another person would stand up and start shouting. I know what everybody thinks in the house of God. They think well I can't stand up. It's too dead. Could it be the Holy Ghost? It's burdening your heart to be the one that changed the atmosphere fear. What would it do for a preacher when he's standing up, going uphill, going against the devil for some saint of God to get behind him and say, Preacher, I'm back behind you. Preach the power. Preach the word. And somebody starts singing the praises of God. You'll find that mountain will start flattening out. Do you know why? Because praise has got the ability to change the atmosphere. It's got an effect on the prison. I promise you right now, the day that Esther Stevens died, Dr. Jackson
cracked lemons. He wept and he cried. Do you know why? Because he didn't have somebody in the house of God that would be praising. Do you know what's happened to our churches? I promise you, if you take a timeline of when the saints of God died in your church, that is the same timeline above that when the services started getting dead and started getting bleak. Do you know what we've done? We've looked at the world and we've let them affect what we do. Paul said, I don't care what anybody else in this house does. I don't care how black it is. I don't care how bleak it is. My God's been good to me. If I'm shackled, he's good. If I'm in the prison, he's good. If I'm in the pit, he's good. My God is good. Ladies and gentlemen, God could be waiting on you to change the situation and to change the prison. Number two, not just an effect on the prison, but there's an effect on the prisoners. The Bible says in verse number 25, and the prisoners heard them. If the prison is a picture of their current situation, the prisoners are a picture of those that are in the same situation as they're in. Now, beloved, watch me. It's dark, it's bleak, it's black. And evidently, it's pretty silent. Because whenever Paul and Silas start singing, everybody hears. For all intents and purposes, Paul and Silas have no idea who's in the prison with them. They could be all by themselves, but what they didn't realize, because the darkness had camouflaged it, there were a whole lot more people like them than not like them. The devil has got every one of us convinced in this church, you better not raise your hand. You know that these other people are more worthy than you. You know these other people are in better shape than you. You know these other people are going to think you're a hypocrite. The devil is a liar and the father of lies. He knows that we're all in darkness and he knows that if somebody looks at you and sees you praising God, they're going to say, wait a second, we make about the same amount of money. We've got the same situation going on in our house. My kids are just as messed up as their kids. Our family's just as broken as their family. Our situation's just as messed up as their situation. Honey, if they're going to praise God and they start listening to you sing the praises of God, we got to get out of this thing that when life gets good, then we'll praise God. Life ain't going to change for these prisoners until somebody stands up and starts singing the praises of God again. Honey, I mean right now. Paul said, I don't care what it takes. I'm going to praise God. And before, I, before they knew it, the whole prison starts shaking. Now, I want you to watch what happens. The Bible says that the earth started shaking so much that it shook the foundations. Do you know what's in the foundation? The anchor bolts to the prisoner's chains. One man had the ability to free everybody else that was in darkness. One person's praise had the power to free everybody in that prison. Brother Joe, you may not have paid attention to him, but there was a man at McLeansville. His name was Rob Edwards. Rob Edwards sat about seven rows from the back. In our church, it was not a rounded auditorium like this. It was an old shotgun building. And I mean, you sat in the back, you were 40 miles from the pulpit. And Brother Rob sat about six or seven rows from the back on the organ side as well. Rob Edwards was an old mill worker. Worked in the cotton mills in Greensboro. Didn't graduate high school. Didn't have any type of education. 
He was married to a lady named Gladys. Gladys was, if she liked you, she liked you. If she didn't, God be your helper. Brother John, Rob Edwards was as bald as a cue ball. Rob Edwards had gotten so old and aged and health ridden with problems, he barely could get to church. Rob would come in, and I, 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 I don't, but he would shuffle, Brother Joe, to his seat. And I literally thought, if he sits down, he ain't getting back up. The choir would get to singing. And Miss Stevens, son, she would hit it, and I mean get with it. And before I knew it, my second set of grandparents sat in the back. And the older I got, I wanted to get closer to the back. I would watch Rob Edwards' head when Esther Stevens would shoot up. It looked like on the back of his bald head, it looked like a thermometer that had been set under a lamp. Son, you would see the blood rise from the bottom of his neck and it would start rising up his hairline. It would fill his earlobes and it would start rising up. And hun, I mean just right on cue, that blood would hit the top of his skull. And I mean like a pressure cooker, he would shoot up and he didn't get up as fast as he used to, Brother John, but he would stand up and I mean he would absolutely shout like a Comanche Indian. And before I knew it, somebody would walk over to him and they'd try to pat him on the back but he was in another world and here's what I noticed whenever Rob Edwards would shout when Gladys Edwards would or when, uh, when Miss Stevens would shout it would change the atmosphere but very few people would get up and shout when that precious old lady but every time that Rob Edwards stood up you know what would happen another old man would stand up on that side and another old lady would stand up on that side do you know why because there's a Holy Ghost gift in certain people and it's like a magnet as soon as they hit the positive end with the negative end of their soul, honey, it'll shoot an electric charge through the saints of God. What I'm trying to tell you is your power in praise could be what electrifies somebody else. When you travel and go preach, people want to show you the dumbest stuff. The craziest stuff. Brother John, don't they show you the craziest stuff? This one guy up in Indiana told me, he said, I want to show you my fence. Okay. He said, it's one of the biggest fences in the county. I mean, I, I'm expecting to go out there and to see this fence at a penitentiary. I went out there, and it's just a regular chain link fence. And he said, see how big it is? I said, yeah, it's real big. That's great. And it wasn't very big. I mean, honestly, a chihuahua would have, would have, could have run around that. It was just, and I said, sir, I'm, I'm not trying to be rude, but this is pathetic. He said, well, I ain't showing you the big part. He had a box hooked into a 220 outlet on the side of his house. And I don't know, I don't know how many volts of juice was in that thing. 
But there were dead animals laying everywhere all around the outside of his fence. Now, he said, grab that wire. I said, how about I don't? He said, grab that wire. It ain't going to hurt you. I said, sir, I may be from North Carolina, but I'm not stupid. He said, grab it, I promise. I said, sir, I can promise you right now, there is a hot place that will give off snow cones before I grab that stupid wire. He said, watch. And nothing happened. Do you know why? There was a link missing from that box to the fence. Now this entire fence was linked all the way around. It was all connected. There was one piece of the chain. These two metal clasps. And once they got connected and that end closest to the power box got hooked up, he plugged that thing and hooked it. He said, grab it now. <laughs> well, I knew I'd learned my lesson. Here's my point. The entire fence was linked. But if that clasp closest to the power box wasn't hooked up, the whole thing was dead. What I'm telling you right now is in your prison, you may be closer to the power box of heaven than you possibly think. And you may be linked to another person that's in the same situation as you're in right here. And the darkness has, has covered that up. And if you'll just get faithful and obey the Spirit of God and say, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to shout. What you'll find is God will take the positive end and He'll connect it to your soul. And I promise you, it'll light a fuse all the way around the people of in your life and the people of God in the house of God. Why? Because praise has power on the prisoners. But number three, and I'm done. It's got praise, on, it's got power and it affects the prison guard. It affects the prison, that's the situation. It affects the prisoners, that's the people in the same place as you are. And then it affects the prison guard. Do you know who the prison guard is? It's the one on the outside looking in. Brothers and sisters, there are people watching our lives. Right now, there are people in your life and my life that'll watch. I've got an aunt right now in North, in, in, up, up in Rockingham County, not far from the house. My aunt and my uncle will not go to church. They will not come to church. I've invited them to church. They will not go to church. But do you know what my family will do every single Sunday? They will get on their phone or get on their computer and they'll watch. And I have often thought, what is my unsaved family seeing when they watch? And the Holy Ghost has kicked me more times over this. Tyler, what about what they are watching shows them there's life. Can I show you something? When Paul and the prisoners got to prison, what the prison guard did... Notice what it says in verse 29. Then he called for a light. Whenever Paul and Silas started praising God, the prison guard yearned for something. Brothers and sisters, 
What I'm trying to explain to people all over the place is we've missed it. We've tried to get sinners' hearts before the Holy Ghost has gotten their hearts. And it doesn't work that way. You see, there is very little going on in the modern church that's getting the attention of sinners. And we're out there telling them, we're witnessing, and we're knocking on doors. And Brother John, we're beating our brains out trying to get people to get into the house of God. And we look at the people that come into the house of God, and nobody talks about this, nobody deals with this, nobody even wants to preach about this. But the preacher's doing everything he can to preach the gospel. And the singers are doing everything they can to make sure that their hearts are right. And the people of God sit in those sanctuary seats and we sit there and we've got death in our hearts and we've got death in our souls and we've got death in our lives and the Holy Ghost is trying to show people if we'll just get hooked back up and start seeing the power in our praise you don't have to praise like somebody else remember it's the weak spot in your life where it's going to come out some people God's going to command you to lift your hands in the sanctuary some people God is going to command you to say a holy hallelujah some people God is going to say get up and lift up your arms in front of people some people praise God with tears. Your praise ain't going to come out like somebody else's. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, there is power in praise. Now here is my prayer. Before I let Brother Joe, before I, before I sit down and saturate my soul in what he's going to say, what I'm trying to tell you is the Holy Ghost, now that you've heard it, is going to challenge you to do it. It might come tonight. It might come Sunday. It might come tomorrow in your car. It might come in the middle of the night. But there is power in your praise.